Mm-hmm. So I, you, I'm not bitter. I'm not, I'm no. over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you are better than me and you're better than probably every person who's listening <laughs> to this right now. Um, you're incredible. So, uh, uh, success makes you greedy is what it does. Cause it wow. was like, I felt so robbed. I felt, I was like, I was like mourning a loss. Like my career was over and it was like, and then I was playing for USA for the first time that following summer. And I was like mourning that, like I was so invested in Florida and Gator nation and like that atmosphere. It was crazy. I mean, I really didn't expect it. My whole family was like so sad because they would go to the world series every year. My dad says that's like one of his favorite vacations every year was sitting in Oklahoma city in the sands in the heat. And he loved it. You know, it's like everyone in my family was just so like, Oh my gosh. Like we, we always go to the world series. It's crazy. It was wild. Yeah. So you robbed that experience from your dad. Way to go. I know. Yeah. Just yes, <laughs> yes. No, it was almost annoying because my whole family's like, I can't even watch the world series. I'm like, you can't watch the world series. I was supposed to be playing. Man. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was crazy. So how about that transition carrying on to, I mean, did you utilize the compartmentalization when you went on to uh, Team USA? Because, I mean, a lot of times people can have a hangover. And I think one of the best quotes that I ever heard was John Madden. He said, to be a cornerback in the NFL, you have to have a lot of confidence and a short memory. Mm, yeah. Um, it was good. It was a, it was a good transition. Um, but I was still... I was, there was a subconscious like holding back of myself. Okay. Um, because again, just like kind of going from high school where I'm like top dog, I know, like, I know the systems, I know everything to then going to college and like, you have to learn a new system, you learn new people, like you don't want to rub people the wrong way, all that kind of stuff. Like same kind of thing going into USA, except it's a much shortened season. And I was also really tired. I was kind of burnt out. Like I just given everything I had for the last I mean, really like nine months, if you include the fall of training. And so then I go to USA. I'm so honored. I mean, this is literally, I was 10 years old watching Team USA play at a tour stop. And I, when I was 10 years old, started dreaming of playing for Team USA in the Olympics. And so it was like this lifelong dream that had kind of been put on the back burner because they'd never been invited to tryouts and thinking like, okay, maybe they just, I'm just not the player they're looking for. I finally get my shot. I make the team. And, but it's right off the, t- it's on the tails of this like, just heartbreaker loss and so it kind of it just took me a little while to like really settle in and be myself but again it was kind of like what I was talking about my freshman year like these little bright spots there would be these moments where I'd feel myself getting lost in the game again like losing myself to the moment in a good way Uh and so there was and then that it was a world championship year so we were in Canada playing um, for world championship gold and I caught that game and it was like I found myself like okay no like I, I want to do this. And we were voted back into the Olympics that summer. Like the timing of my story, Kelly is just crazy. Like if I had been in the USA program, like two years earlier, I don't know if I would have stuck it out in not because I don't love the game, not because I don't love playing for USA, but just like I, having played so much um, like college softball and then summer, like I might've just been burnt out and we didn't really have the resources to be able to like support yourself financially as a USA program. So it's crazy. It's like I get I get on the team in 16 after feeling a little like, man, I wish I would have gotten invited like three years ago <laughs> or after we won and stuff like that. So then we get voted in that year. I settle in. I find myself on that team. I'm really enjoying the people. And I have to kind of not I mean, it wasn't like I had to decide right then, but it's like, OK, I'm looking at this. Like, can I make it another four years? Like, do I do I really want to play another four years? Like the Olympics is the dream, but four years feels like a long time. And so then to then fast forward, making the team each year, building, making incredible memories and experience, experiencing more success on the international level um, with amazing people and just being a part of some really just crazy cool games. So then now I'm in the, like, I make the Olympic roster and like, it's the window of time is insane. Cause we, I don't know if you know, but we were out of the Olympics from 08 to now. So it's like any other time earlier or later, I might not be here. So it's just insane. <laughs> well, I, I think it's amazing. And my dad, uh, actually, I don't know uh, if Rob's ever told you, but um, my, this, this is a gift from my wife. Uh, I had wanted it for 13 years. She got it for us, for, got it for me for my third anniversary. And um, I had 
traveled honestly all over the world and seen this. And I was like, Mm. man, I want it. And then she got it for me and I got her an iPad, which I was the jerk. Um, But the reason why the only time anyone's been a jerk for getting someone an iPad, (laughs) (laughs) the reason, the reason why I say this is because if you look at it, like uh, the, the thing about it is that it doesn't tell the right time. And so my dad raised me on the fact that um, uh, to set your watch like wherever, because uh, there's a difference between God's time and man's time. And mm, when God I wants like something that. to happen and when, when people want it to happen, it's two completely mm-hmm. different times. And so let's, let's go back uh, to, you know, your freshman year in high school, because that's when you said you found the Lord. I, I don't know that he was lost, but you seemed to find him. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking with you. No, um, no my, well, my freshman year of college, like we grew up going to church. Yeah. But, like, we were pursuing sports. I mean, I had an older sister who played volleyball in college. I was playing softball. And then my younger siblings, who there's, like, an 11- and 13-year gap between me and them. Like, oh, wow. we even had a free Sunday. It was like, we're tired. Of like, course. <laughs> we got a lot going on. So, um, like, I grew up Christian. Like, I identified as a Christian. Yeah. Um, but as far as it being personal, it wasn't until my freshman year of college. Like, my senior year, I kind of, I definitely felt something stirring. I was like okay, someone's going on. Like there's more at work here. Um, but my freshman year of college was probably the first time I've ever like legitimately struggled, um, with identity and purpose and just like kind of wondering why. And because again, I was, I was raised to be a good kid. So I was kind of like, I make good decisions. Like, yeah, I'm I'm good. You know? And I kind of just, again, I came to Jesus. I remember it very clearly. I was hitting on the off day because I was raised to you know, work hard. And if you want something to change, you have to put the work in. Um, so I was there. And then also if coach Walton asked me, I wouldn't have to lie. <laughs> so <laughs> I was hitting on the off day and I was probably there for 10 minutes and I was over it already. Just so frustrated. And I start walking back to the locker room and I started to cry. And I was just like, just feeling the weight of everything. Like these expectations that really I had put on myself. I mean, Coach Walton didn't put a ton of expectations on me. He was sort of like very aware of like, okay, you're a freshman. You've got a lot of like just time to learn. And I was, came off being like an impact player and so much success. I'm like, I want to be an impact player right away. It wasn't really there. And I remember just literally like saying out loud, God, I can't do this anymore. Like everything I, I'm trying everything and it's not working. Like take over. I give you my life. Like whatever you want to do with my life, take it. And it was like, I could take a deep breath for the first time all year. I mean, genuinely, I was like, a weight was off my chest. And slowly but surely, I started to see a difference in how I saw myself and how I approached the game. Like, I used to have a bad practice or whatever, get frustrated or something. And I'd go home and I'd be thinking about it. And then it would turn into bad two days, a bad week. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, because again, being out of state, I chose Florida at the time I chose Florida to win a national championship. I mean, now that I'm out, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got a killer education. I'm um, an incredible network of people like built relationships for life. But through recruiting, I was like, I want to win a national championship. And so at, I'm an out of state kid. I go to college and I'm here to play softball and get my education. But like, I'm here to play softball and I can't do that. Right. Like, so that's kind of where the root of that was, is I was just like, I'm not, I'm not even doing what I came here to do. And so I started slowly but surely to be able to leave a bad day at practice at the field. Be like, no, I'm still loved. I'm still known. I still have purpose. Wow. And yeah, so that was a big transition for me to to be able to know it and then also know it. So uh, this, I think this is a this is a tough one because I think a lot of times, I mean, you know, a person um, with a killer instinct and you'd have it like you you have lion inside you. We all saw it. <laughs> We all saw it. You didn't yeah. see it come on though. You, that's the funny thing. No, I didn't. Is I didn't. It, you, it's like a switch. Yeah, it was a switch and you turned in and you were like, Arr! and oh, then, yeah. and then I'm you, fired up. and then you sat back. This is a scary thing for us as husbands. Cause my wife has that. Um, and you probably have it when you're hungry too. My wife gets it oh, yeah. when she's hungry. Like you mm-hmm. guys turn into this thing. And then, uh-huh. then when you eat, then you're like, why are you sitting in a cage uh, far away from me? Husband, you're like, because you were about to kill us during the time. So oh, yeah. you have this, you have this lion inside of you, right? And you have this competition, you have these things, but also when, when, when we serve the Lord, we understand that, I mean, for, for those of you who do, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, you're, you're going to get confused on this, but I, that's why I want to talk about it is because mm-hmm. that competition, that, that killer instinct, right? 
once you start to get closer and closer to the Lord, we realize that literally we show up, he does the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. Now, you had the competition and the fight in you, right? Mm -hmm. And then in comes this part of it. Yeah. How how was that able to live in the same being for you? Mm. Such a great question because, I mean, as a woman in sports um, and as a believer, it's Absolutely. like we get a lot of, like I have a lot of girls that like they're conveyed as nice girls. Like, oh, the, the nice Christian girl on my team. I'm like, no, girl, like you don't have to be like, we're not soft because we're nice and we're you know, we're kind because we love the Lord and we want to, you know, make people feel seen and known and whatever. And it's like, no, you would have something even greater to fight for. You know, you have a platform. And so that's how I've really kind of, I've always wanted to be a good role model. Um, and especially having such like a younger, like younger siblings, my sisters play softball and they're 15 now. Um, they're, they're friends with Riley, actually. That's how I got to know Rob. <laughs> and so um, it was like, I have this look into the next generation of girls, especially. And it's like, no, you, you can be fiery and you can compete and you can use your gifts and talents to be fierce. Um, but the other side of that, like for me, they live in harmony because I can give everything I have with all the fire, with that lioness inside of me. Um, and then I can leave it be, you know, like I don't, I have trust in God and I have trust in what he has for me and the plans. And I have trust that it's all used for a purpose, like the good stuff, the bad stuff, any part of your story, um, whether it's like the greatest triumph or the lowest Valley, like God uses everything. And so I've been able to, for me, be, I look at like my platform and my, my, my place in the softball world as, as a ministry in a sense, you know, not like, actively but it's like okay no I'm going to show people the way I live you know so I'm not bound by the game you know and that's something that I had to really like kind of come to terms with and like kind of break those those chains a little bit is that like I'm not bound by the game I'm going to give everything I have because God gave me incredible talents and honestly God gave me a passion for this game like I I'm a total softball nerd I love seeing the game played well whether I'm involved in the play or not it fires me up and so it's like I was given a passion and a love for this game. So I'm going to give it all I've got. And that's where that kind of fierce competitive aspect of me comes into play. But then on the flip side, I can handle loss because I know that it's not personal. I know that it's not, I know that it's not a um, necessarily a reflection of like my, it's not a reflection of my value, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Is that like, I know that I have purpose beyond throwing a ball. You know, and that's for me, that's what it is. It's like I have purpose beyond throwing a ball. I can make this win matter beyond just a trophy or a medal. Okay. But I can make this loss matter beyond just an L on a record, you know? So it's to me, it's been a, it just frees me up. Like it frees me up to just be who I am and be who I'm created to be and to, to live my life, um, both in sport and out of sport as, that's who I am, you know, and God gave me a passion and a competitive fire for this game. So I'm not going to hold back on that. Um, but at the same time, he's also given me a heart for other people. So I'm not going to hold back on that part of me either. And so I think girls get a bad rep, man. They, they have to be soft or cute or feminine or this or that. And it's like, no, you can be all of those things all in one, you know, if God's given you a passion or, or, um, or a love for that, like it's, I just think people, everybody wants to put people in a box and we weren't built to be put in a box. Well, when you, when you, uh, talk about it, like, and your, uh, your brand is, is phenomenal. And Thanks. when I'm, when I see it, like, and I, I see it and it transcends, that's the cool thing. And I, I mean, I'm sure you've had life spoken into you a lot of times anyway, about the fact that your, your brand and who you are as Aubrey, um, is going to transcend the softball world is going to transcend mm -hmm. just women is going to transcend business is going to it's going to really be able to connect people and be able to uh, help people to to rise to a completely different level. Mm -hmm. When did you become conscious of that? Because I see so many sports people, and this is a frustrating thing for me. I see either sports people or I see people even in industry-wise, right? So mm -hmm. um, I've been in the professional beauty industry for 28 years. And um, I remember having a conversation with a guy. I was 21 years old, and I was an assistant. And I mm -hmm. told him, I said, we have to make a pact right now 
that we will never use our position for our own advantage. And he looked mm. at me <laughs> now. You may think that sounds kind of cool now, 28 years in the business, but this dude looks at me and he's like, You're crazy. You, he's like, you mean we're not going to use being an assistant to our advantage? Like we right. were making minimum wage at the time. But I find that there's so many people in music. There's so many people in entertainment. There's so many people that don't look past the day and they don't set themselves up for what they can be as opposed to what they are. When did you start becoming conscious of that? Because it's it, like when I look at your brand, you were developing. I mean, one of the things that you said was you wanted to be a good teammate to your core. But this started when you were like 10 years old. Yeah. You didn't know that you were going to be in the Olympics. You were hoping, but you didn't know. Yeah. But that now is in line with the brand of Nike that wanted to be. I mean, when did mm -hmm. you start thinking about that brand of Aubrey? You know, I really have to credit my mom. She's she's a pro mom. Seriously, like she's she's got five kids and she loves each and every one of us like uniquely and really wants us to be who we are. And, you know, helps mold us and you know helps us those smaller parts of us that are like hey we should work on that she does that but she just really um nurtures the parts of us that are different and unique um but when I, i'll tell you a story when i was eight i think yeah so when i was eight i was really getting into softball like i was starting to get to that like peace love softball 365 you know those t-shirts they sell at tournaments and stuff like that um peak like softball love and uh, my mom, I knew I loved the game and I understood that some of my teammates at eight were, you know, just trying it out, having fun, more interested in the snack after the game. <laughs> and so my mom rotated our lineup, like during the regular season to make sure everybody got about like on average, the same amount of at bats. So like, if you make the last out of a game, the next game you'll hit at the bottom of the lineup and the girl who hits after you will start first. So that's just how she did it okay. to try to keep it even in regular season stuff. And so I made the last out of a game. The next game I'm last. And I remember going up to my mom at eight years old and I'm like, look, they don't even care. Why I need to be hitting at the top of the lineup. They don't even care. They just wanted the, the snack after the game. I was so mad. Popped off of my mom and my mom goes, sit down. You go sit down and you tell me when you're ready to be a good teammate. Cause it is not about you, Aubrey. And I was like, Okay. I sit down and I had to sit there. I think I sat out for like an inning or two or something, but about 10 minutes later, I came up to my mom and I was like, okay, mom, I'm sorry. I'm ready to be a good teammate. And one of the other coaches was like laughing, you know, like that whole like kids say the darndest thing sort mm -hmm. of thing. Like, oh my gosh, like that's so funny. And my mom's like, it might be funny now, but it will not be funny when she's 15. And so I, my mom has been the visionary. You know, she's the one who really sees the big picture of like this. Yeah, this, this is small right now, but if we like, I mean, from a disciplinarian standpoint, as a parenting standpoint, she's a little bit more of like a, okay, how is this going to affect you down the road? You know, if I let this slide or if, or if I don't nurture this or whatever. And so I remember that moment and I, it was really like the first thing about like prioritizing being a good teammate, that it's not about me, that I chose to play a team sport and I love this game and it's not about me. And then on top of that, my position as a catcher is selfless. Like it is a very selfless position. Like if I'm doing my job well, no one should know what I'm doing. I should be like invisible wow. to an extent. And so, and all my whole job is about getting the most out of my pitchers in my team. And that looks different for each pitcher. So it's like, not only was I raised to be a good teammate and then it was like, compounded with my position my mom was a pitcher so I was I had this like leg up on kind of knowing like what what pitchers need and what that looks like she told me again I was probably 10 years old and like complaining about you know not getting credit for something and she was like Aubrey if you wanted a pat on the back like you should have been a pitcher because you're not going to get one as a catcher it's just kind of the nature of it and I'm being like okay so luckily I mean my mom always saw what I did so I still got my pat on the back for my mom but you know from other people I started to get really secure with just like giving and knowing what I'm good at. And so, um, the, I forgot your original question now that I got into it. 
how that the where I saw my vision for my brand and all yeah, that. Yeah, your brand. No, no, yeah, you, you okay. didn't. You didn't forget about it. You were right in there because <laughs> I was telling the story. But you're, it's like, where is this supposed to go? Well, no, you're helping us to understand. I mean, your mom, the wisdom of your mom, mm-hmm. and and being able to look past that part, the serving yeah. aspect of it is. I mean, it, it it's so refreshing because at your age, I mean, I mean, you're a very very young girl. A young woman, I should say, very, very young woman. But it's so refreshing because we're not in a society right now where pe- people want to beat their chest. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I, I coach basketball, um, not at a high level, but I coach basketball with my son. And it, literally every kid wants to take a shot and walk away before they've even made it. And like Steph Curry yeah. and shake their shoulders at somebody. And mm-hmm. it's our, our community and our culture right now is not as much about the whole as it is about the individual and it's refreshing. Thanks. Yeah. Well, again, I just, I have to credit my mom. She's always been really big on big picture Mm -hmm. and helping me understand that and really valuing the journey and kind of taking, like taking inventory on my life, you know, to really be like, okay, when you, when I was say 15 and I wanted to start learning to throw down a second from my knees, I set a goal. I wrote it on paper. I put in the work six months later, pull that paper out. And it's like, whoa, I know how to do this now. You know, so kind of taking inventory on my life to kind of have those personal wins. Um, but then I, I just, I've just, I have been raised to be a good teammate, you know, and I, I love it. And I learned that I thrive there. And um, fortunately with Team USA, we have a lot of people like that. And so we have a really cool core of people that are truly for you. But I think as I got older, not only did I realize that it, it like I thrive in that environment, but I love seeing how other people light up when they feel seen. So when I, when I notice, like you've been terrified to dive for a ball, like you're working on it, you're, you're fighting that over and and then you finally dive for that ball. I am jumping out of my freaking shoes excited for you because I know the work you've put in and to see people be like, Oh my gosh, why you noticed? Like I, the start, like that's kind of a, like a little joy that I get from being on a team and seeing people put in work and things like that. And so I think there's, I would agree there's not enough of it. It's, I, I didn't realize that it was kind of a rarity until I got older, but it was, I've always been the kid that's just really excited for like, people would ask me, why do you get so excited about that? I'm like, did you see what she just did? That was so cool. She's been working on that for months, you know? And they're like, whatever. (laughs) That's so cool. And so um, I think it's, it was how I was raised. And then I learned that I really liked being that way. It was something that I liked about myself. And I think finding things that you like about yourself is important. <laughs> like, like it's so I'm again, I'm humble, but I think realizing that I truly like something about myself is cool. So I, I love, I am so proud of the teammate that I am. I love that that is my legacy at like at Florida. So I'm not an all American at Florida and I, I'm the only non all American on team USA actually, which is funny. Um, but again, it kind of goes back to that complete player thing. But I told my mom after my freshman year, I came back with this new, like new lease on what I want it to be and like really driven and all that. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, I might never be an all American here, but I'm going to be a fan favorite. So I stayed after every single game and I did autographs and I, you know, I was nice to fans. I engaged with them. And I tell you what, I go back to Gainesville and they've just built a beautiful new stadium. It's gorgeous. And I got to play on it the one time with Team USA. But I go back to Gainesville and people are like, Aubrey, Aubrey, like, uh, like you built this place. It's so good to see you. Welcome home. And it was like, oh my gosh. You know, I truly, truly felt so loved. I feel so loved every time I go back to Gainesville. The most loved I've ever felt on a softball field is my senior day at Florida. And when I went back with Team USA in February. And it's just like, as much as it would have been so cool to be an All-American, like no doubt, I would have loved that. It would have been such a killer accomplishment. But to know that that's what I left behind. Wow. Like that's what is really, really just, because to me, again, and it's easy for me to be like, oh, an All-American is just an award. It's just a trophy on yourself. Like, because I don't have one. But at the same time, it's like, this is truly lasting. You know, I've had teammates that have reached out. You know, I see a girl who was a freshman my senior year, um, just finished her senior year last year. And it's like, 
to see what she left behind. And when I, I compliment her, I'm like, oh my gosh, like Amanda, you're so well-spoken. Like you're such a good teammate. I love the way you talk about your teammates. She, and she tells me, Aubrey, well, I learned from the best. Like you set the standard for that my freshman year. And I'm like, my heart, like, because wow. <laughs> that's truly what I wanted to leave behind, you know? And so it's like, it's kind of a humble brag right now, but it's like, I, that was my priority through a lot of it. You know, I would have loved all that other stuff, but my priority was, after a while to make an impact on the people and to make people feel seen and known because I've been on the other side where I'm like, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel known. I didn't feel valued. And I don't want people to feel that way, especially on a team. I mean, Aubrey, like I said earlier, <laughs> right? So I told you that if we listed off all your accomplishments, we'd be here for like six years. But also too, as we peel back the onions, I mean, we peel back the layers on the onion. It's like, I mean, it, it, you just keep getting better. Um, I, do you have Thanks. like, do you have like a six toe or something like that? So it can make no. you human. Um, you, we've, no. we've got to find, you know what? I'm a lot more awkward than you think. This stuff is fun for me, but I'm a, I'm an awkward human. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want, I want to ask you because you're, you're regimented, you got goal setting, you got these yeah. things like you set it and then you hit it and then you, you've got, you know, gold medals, all this stuff. Okay. How does that discipline transfer into marriage because a lot of times oh, people that are at high levels they're like <laughs> i got this like i'm gonna have kids and they're gonna be soldiers I, because oh, i'm a very regimented guy like i'm super regimented as far as in my business and mm-hmm. we're one of the most efficient uh, companies in a, in a professional beauty industry and i'm like I, we got it pow 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 and then i had kids and it was like pow 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 all over the place <laughs> and i was like and my wife is like you are the softest human being in the world Um, Oh yeah. So I, you know what? I have a theory on that. Okay, go. I think because I'm really, I'm not that regimented in my personal life. (laughs) I have a sweet tooth (laughs) and my husband's always like, dude, you got to stop with the cookies and the brownies. And I'm like, I don't want to, they're so good. Um, And just like in general, because I think as a human to function, like you, very few people can function on that frequency. Like so disciplined in every area of your life. You know, like, and not to say that like one is disciplined and one is like a total free for all. Like it's not, that would be a high contrast, but like I, at least about myself, like I need areas of my life that are like just chill that it's, I don't have all these expectations or regimens or, or anything because like, if I'm as Aubrey, I cannot function on this at all times. Okay. So when I'm in it, in my, in my softball world, I'm in it. Like I, that's kind of goes back to MJ and being present and all that. Like when I'm in it, I'm in it, you know, and I'm not messing around and I don't want any, like I'm here, but like my other life, like the rest of my life, my other life, <laughs> the rest of my life, it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, like whatever floats my boat, you know, it's not, and it's funny, like my husband played tennis, he's a charter boat captain. So like when I'm home, I am not like, Aubrey Monroe plays for Team USA. And it's like, I love it. Like, I've always needed that. Okay. All my my closest friends, like outside of my softball community that I grew up with, none of them play softball. They may, We all met playing softball at like the youth level. And then, but they all, like one of my best friends is in the fashion industry. One of them's a teacher. One of them played volleyball in college, but now she's like, just, she's working for like a EMT company. You know, it's like, but when we all get together, you don't care what I've done. And I'm like, I love it. Like they roast me more than anybody else in my life. Good. And it's like, it's the balance that I need. It's, and not for my, like, I mean, the softball community is little. So it's like, it's not like I go to the grocery store and everyone's like, oh, great. No, I live in, you know, I live in Naples and it's old people central. So (laughs) I don't run into very many people who know I am here. But like at a softball tournament, kids like, oh, Oh, yeah. So it's like, I've always really enjoyed the difference in like, in kind of, again, it kind of goes back to compartmentalizing. Like when I'm at softball, I'm at softball and I'm doing it, but I don't, I don't, I can't function as being on as Aubrey softball player, play for for team USA. I want to be able to just like kick back. Chill out. You know, I'm not a, like, I'm not the go, go, go mentality. It's not me. So I have to have those like 
releases where nobody cares, <laughs> you know, like we can just go fishing and I'm either good at it or I'm not, or I go hang out with my friends and we just sit on the couch and we laugh and we make fun of each other. And like, I don't know, I like, I found that I have to have separation or I will not. So with marriage, I'm definitely not as regimented. So let me ask you this, because um, obviously it's not it's not on any level even close to uh, the fandom uh, of yours. Um, in our industry, we get a chance to be around some people and we get to go to conventions and, um, you know, I, I speak at them and then people will mm-hmm. come and ask for pictures. Rob was with me this one the first time he had ever gone to one and two or three women came running up and they were like, hey, can you take a picture? And um, I asked Rob to hold my bag real quick and I jumped in okay. between the women and I handed him the camera and he reached over and smacked me in the head. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, they asked you to take a picture of them. Why are you trying to be in the picture? Oh, and, no. I, and I was like, Rob, they want a picture with me. And he, he's like, why would they want a picture with you? Because he's my big brother and he had yeah. never been in the environment. Oh, yeah. Now, the reason why I tell you that is because I've, I've, um, been human at times and I'll come home and not compartmentalize completely mm-hmm. because I'm coming off a high, you know, yeah. coming off a, a crowd of, you know, three, 5,000. And then I yeah. get home and I haven't shut off the compartmentalization and mm-hmm. I roll in and I'm expecting my wife to be like, Oh my gosh, it's you. Uh, do you want, and I'm going to be like, yo baby, you want to take a picture with me? And then <laughs> she like looks at me up and down like this. And then right. is like, Take the trash out. Um, right. Have you ever, have you ever not turned off the compartmentalization when you got home and then it just snapped back into reality? Has that happened? Oh, um, yeah. With your husband? Um, probably once or twice. Has he ever had to check you? Be like, "Yo, Aubrey." Uh, you- <laughs> no, he always. <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we were in Gainesville, we'd go out to dinner or whatever, and like uh-huh. waitresses would be like you have a softball team, right? And he'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, why does they, it's just softball, you know? Or like we'd go to another like sporting event and mm-hmm. we'd be like, like, and they would have him take a picture and he'd always be like, this is nuts. Um, but there have been a couple times where like say I'm in that mode or like when I was at school or, you know, I'm, I was just like signing autographs for like a bunch of 12 year olds or whatever. And then, like, someone will come up to me. This, I kid you not, this happened at school one time. This lady was like, hey, um, like, wanted to talk to me. Like, hi. Like, I'm going into, like, oh, okay, they recognize me. They want to take a picture or something. And my, she goes, hey, can I get directions to something? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just make a right. And I'm just like, for me, in those moments, like, they make me laugh. And I'm just like, all right, God has a sense of humor. Thank you for humbling me. Like, Yes. <laughs> got a little too too big and there's always there's always something like anytime I like one time I was I asked a little girl we're doing autographs and she's standing in front of me I'm like oh do you want me to sign that and she goes no like okay you're here for her all right you know like just little little things like that you're like ah got it yeah cool I love it I love it. So uh, you have a, a thing called uh, Church in the Dirt. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, explain this to us. I, I think it's amazing. My buddy, uh, Gary Spellman, he always calls me on a Sunday or he'll text me and he'll be like, yo, we had dirt church today. So he was oh, out awesome. riding his bike and he, him and his son are spending time together and they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an organization. Did you start the organization or have you just no. got involved with it or what has it been? So, um, my teammate, Janie Reed, this is like her like baby. Um, she was, she had just gotten done with college. She was at a Christian college as an assistant coach and she was kind of getting involved with fellowship of Christian athletes and they were trying to like boost sign up. So she was in a room in orange County, like, okay, why don't we just take church to where they already are, you know, at the field, at the sporting event, whatever instead of trying to draw kids to where we are, cause they're just busy, you know, their families are busy. And so that kind of started with her fast forward. Then we're on team USA together and it's me and Michelle Moultrie, Ali Aguilar, and then Nikki Udria played with USA for a season. And um, we all kind of know each other from just being in the softball community. Anyway, Jamie invites us out to a church on the dirt event. We're going to do a faith night panel and kind of share our testimonies. We're going to go out to the field the next day to a travel ball field and offer chapels. 
And so the chapels, we do the faith night. It's really cool. Like one of the first times I really like openly shared my testimony and pretty cool. We go to this, just travel wall field in Orange County and we're giving these chapels like 15 minutes of us just like a, on a scripture or something that kind of whatever God leads us to that day. Um, and then we pray with the kids. And so we're walking around. We're not even really wearing anything recognizable. And this little girl comes running up to my friend, Allie, and she goes, oh my gosh, Allie Aguilar, like, what are you doing here? You know, like you play for Team USA, you played at Washington. What are you doing here? She's like, oh, we're here with Church on the Dirt. We're offering chapels. Oh my gosh, you have to come talk to my team. And so opens the door for us to like share the word with a, wow. like younger kids. And it's always optional, but a lot of the times we get the whole team there. And so um, kind of, it was the first time of really seeing kind of like what this platform could be. And this was in, I think like end of 2017, the first time we did this. And so seeing that and being like, okay, I can use who I am as a softball player to like get in front of these kids and then share what God's done in my life. What? Like, so, and then we would pray with them after. And we do something, we call it pinky pray. And so if you don't want to pray, you just squeeze and it passes in a circle. And if you do, you just pray. And we had some, we had a girl ask like, well, what, how do I pray? And to be able to answer that question of like, God just wants to hear your heart and you don't have to say any certain words. Like they had a teammate who was hurt. Mike, you could just ask him to, you know, heal your teammate and her ankle or whatever, you know, anything. Thank him for being out here, anything. And so we've literally over the years heard girls pray for the very first time in their lives. And it's just been so powerful to be a part of. And so now it's kind of grown a little bit. And so we do the chapels out on the field. Um, we do clinics where we offer like it's softball skill work, but then like workshops where we sit down and like we go over things like identity and um, just things like that that don't get talked about. And then on Sundays, we'll offer literally we set up a little tent and chairs at the field. We have worship music playing and we'll get up and share a message on the hour. So we, it's been so cool. Like we have a lot of girls that come out or teams. We have parents because the parents feel a big conviction about not being in church or like they, they just don't know what to do. And so we're basically saying, you don't have to choose between church or Jesus and softball. Like we want to bring them together. Like he's given you talents. He's given you a passion. Like, but if you want to grow in your faith, you can still do that while you're pursuing this. And so that's the heart of it. And so we just try to blend the two worlds and bring them together. And it's wow. been so rewarding. I can't, <clears throat> I can't imagine, uh, I mean, being able to have both your passions, both the things mm -hmm. that drive you and be able to bring them together. That is, that's incredible. So what would you want, what would you want, uh, you know, the young girls, if you got a chance to speak mm -hmm. to them, like a lot of times I've, I, I asked this question to a, a young lady I was traveling with and I, I said, if you were, I mean, this, this sounded morbid to her at the time, but I said, if you were on your deathbed, you were with the most important person in your life and you only had five things that you could give them. Um, mm. if, if this was a message that, you know, this was going to be Aubrey's legacy and you had five things to be able to tell a young girl, um, and even more specific to tell Aubrey as a young girl, um, what would those things be? When I think about it, like of what I wish I would have known, I think number one, I wish I would have known what God says about me. Um, I really, when I was really growing in my faith at the beginning, I really latched on to like um, verses that talked about being fearfully and wonderfully made, um, being a child of God, um, and just seeing God's heart for women um, in the Bible. And so that completely changed how I started to value myself because I see so many young women that don't value themselves and it honestly breaks my heart because it's like gosh you have so much to offer and if you could walk in that confidence if you could walk in knowing that you have purpose no matter what I mean so that would probably be number two that you have purpose I run into a lot of kids that um they're stressed out about recruiting and I'm like there's a place for everybody like there is a place for everybody to find a home and have a killer experience and I mean because what I truly value about my experience at Florida is Yes, we were successful. Yes, we won a lot. And that was awesome. But I feel like I truly became who I was supposed to become through my time at Florida. And that's what I really reflected on after college is it's like, I want people to pursue challenges and opportunities 
that are going to help shape them into who they're supposed to be. Not just fun, not just influential, not just trendy, but like, who are you supposed to become? What is your purpose and what's going to help you get to that? And what's going to help mold that? Um, I wish I could have told my younger self. I actually, I did this in a interview with one of my sponsors, Little Slugger. They told our stories in this really cool way. And I got really emotional because he kind of asked the same question. And I was thinking about younger me. And I was like, I wish she would just go easy on herself. Like I put so much pressure on myself at times, like just trying so hard. And again, like I've had so much fun. I've had so many rich experiences, um, but to go easy on yourself sometimes, you know, to, to have some grace for yourself in your journey. And cause it's all going to matter. It's all going to have a place and a purpose. Um, but when you're in it, especially as a, like a high school girl, when you're in it, gosh, it's, it just seems like the end of the world. It seems hard. And it's, I just want young girls to have grace for themselves because part of that comes from knowing grace from God. And if you can know grace from God, then you can have grace for yourself um, to see situations for what they are as this was a learning experience. Maybe I wouldn't ever want to do this the same way again, but you know what? It's got a purpose and God's going to use it. And so what, that's probably three. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think I just, I would have told my younger self to not hold any part of her back. I think I've held some parts of myself back for a while. Um, and part of that was probably not knowing those parts and that might be why, and that might just be maturity. But I think there's been times where I, I didn't give fully of myself. You know, I was worried what people would think, or I was worried, um, I might've been concerned with how it might've been perceived when instead of just, you know what, like I'm goofy. I, I, maybe I'm a little awkward sometimes, but I like that about myself. Like, I wish I could have learned what I truly like about myself. Like those non-negotiables. I think that's what it is. Like find the non-negotiables about yourself that you like, and you're going to grow and you're going to become a new person. You're going to like challenges are going to change you and all that. But like, what are your non-negotiables about who you are? And those are the things that I want like young girls to find. So like, if it's, um, if it's your faith, like that's a non-negotiable, don't let the world change that about you. Don't, don't let, um, boys change that about you or whatever. Um, if it's like your sense of humor, I hate seeing goofy, funny girls dampen their sense of humor. Like, no, you have so much joy and light and just so much fun in you. Don't change that for anybody. And so like stuff like that, just find your non-negotiables about who you are and who you want to be because high school, while you're young and all that, like you're still, you're making choices about who you're going to be. So, and I don't think that anything is, you know, set in stone. I don't, I think every, because God has so much grace for us and so much mercy and like nothing is the end all be all, but it's, I also think that you are making choices about who you want to be and, and kind of how that's what your story is going to be. So it's not so much like, Oh, what's your five-year plan? I don't want to put that on kids. Cause that's intimidating, but like picture who you want to be. Like, do you want to be someone of integrity? Do you want to be someone who builds people up? Do you and focus on those things? Not so much your tangibles of like a job, salary, um, career, college, but like the intangibles of who you are. Get your non-negotiables and don't let anybody, boys, world, um, sports, anything, challenge those. I, I funneled all that down. You really helped me with that because talking about it really helped me just funnel it down. I didn't have that before. <laughs> oh, I, I tell you, as we go along, Aubrey, I mean, I, I liked you before we got to talking, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where the further and further that you get a chance to uh, go on the journey with you, the, the more, uh, I, I think, um, I, I just think the better and better you get. And a lot of times I, I remember a, a woman, a business consultant coming to us as a company. We were one of the top in the, in the industry with the company that I used to work with. This was before I had mine. And she said, you guys look a lot better from a distance than you do up close. And it was something that really impacted me, hugely impacted me. Now, the whole reason why I started this podcast in the first place is because I was telling you I wanted to humanize icon 
uh, people, mm-hmm. iconic people like you. I wanted to do that, and it was it was selfish. It was for my kids. Mm-hmm. I have two kids, McKenna and Maddox, uh, eleven and eight, and I wanted both my kids to realize that people like you are just, I mean, although I think you're awesome and you're amazing, <laughs> you're a human being that happens to be Absolutely. working your passion. I did this with her. Uh, she's a, a huge um, a Kids Bop fan. Well, she was. And yeah? Yeah, Kids Bop. You know what Kids Bop is? Yeah, I do. Okay. So you'll love this. We took them to the concert and, you know, wanted to be cool dad. I was like, we're getting you <laughs> front row and meet and greet and all the stuff. Well, she had a little crush. Well, I, she's going to be mad that I said crush. She liked her favorite performer is a guy named Isaiah. And he was on Kids Bop, and he was like the—he's like the Justin Timberlake of Kids Bop. Like this kid is right. no joke. Well, Daddy happens to be a little focused at the concert, and I'm watching people. And there's a group of six walk in, and nobody—they uh, uh, don't have any kids with them. And every time that a kid does a solo, they start cheering. Well, I'm like either they're part of the band or their parents. Yeah. And then I watch yeah. them, and every time Isaiah stands up, they go nuts. Well, I go up to them afterwards and I was like, you're Isaiah's mm-hmm. parents, aren't you? So I forced him to be my friend. I, I forced, <laughs> I, <love> <laughs> I forced his mom to come into the salon and now I do Isaiah's hair. And no kidding. the reason why I did this is because I wanted my, my daughter not to, uh, uh create idols in her life. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to see that. The, and so she got off school one day, my wife went and picked her up and she brought her back to the salon and I was doing her favorite pop stars hair in the salon. She probably thought you were so cool. So uh, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully she does. The reason why I say that whole story is because this is the selfish part for me. My daughter plays softball. Now, Mm -hmm. she told me that she wanted to pitch only because she got to spend time with me because I would sit out on the bucket and she would pitch. Uh So my mom, honestly, my mom loved playing softball because she pitched and my grandpa was her coach. And I'm not kidding. The bond that they had is rooted in that. 100% and it like they were so close to when he died um my sophomore year of high school so it's that's a I mean this is a tangent but you just like brought that up um I think parents and their role in sports is so important not just like obviously I know it's tough with people's work schedules absolutely but I think when you invest not just money but like when you invest your time and you're just present with that kind of stuff that's the stuff that builds memories and relationships just beyond I have that with my mom and I had it with my grandpa through that relationship. I mean, months before my grandpa passed away, he would ask me, like, how was your game? And I would tell him and he would just be like, tell me again. You know, like we just had wow. a really special relationship and it was rooted in softball and it just grew to be so much more. And my husband actually has that with his dad as well through tennis. And it's just, I, I've seen that. So, I mean, if I could just encourage you to, you know, stay, stay involved and all that, like, it, I mean, it truly can be so special. And I think for young women, with their dads, it's really important. What message could you give to McKenna? Can you look into the screen and say yes. and say her name too? Yeah. But what message can you give to her? Because she's told me she's like, you know, Dad, I'm not gonna. I don't want to play. And I, I don't. I'm not saying that she needs to compete. That it's some crazy level. But she's so good with people. She brings mm. people together. She sings the song. She uh, she was pitching right, and a, a ground ball came to third base, and it hit this girl in the shin. And, um, so my daughter go, you know, they, they pick it up, whatever it is. And she goes back into the pitcher circle to go Mm -hmm. and pitch. And she's right into her windup. She looks over and she hears the girl whimpering and the girl's crying. My daughter stepped off the mound, walked over to third base and just hugged the girl and tell, uh, and told her it was going to be okay. And I didn't care that she ever hit a home run. I didn't care that she struck anybody out. I didn't carry any of those things. I was like, I want you on the field because of that thing. Mm Mm-hmm. She's been giving me a hard time because I'm like, let's go pitch. And she's like, Dad, I don't want to go play softball. And I'm like, I don't, I just want to hang out with you. What yeah. can you, can you give McKenna a message, right? Now? And she's a yeah. really, she's a very talented, um, she's great at whatever she, uh, that she does. So, uh, baby, this is from the best pitcher in the whole entire, or catcher in the whole entire world. She's a gold medalist and she knows what she's talking about. All right. McKenna, first of all, nice to meet you, kind of. Um, I can just tell from what your dad has told me that you are a difference maker in people's hearts in their lives. Okay. So whatever you do, whether it's softball, I mean, I think it would be cool if you played softball, but whatever you do, whatever passion you pursue, don't ever lose that joy or that ability to just make people feel like heard and known and seen, because it's going to just drastically change other people's lives. I know from experience 
And so I want to encourage you, McKenna, to just keep living in that light. Um, no matter what you do, no matter who you encounter, you can absolutely make a difference in other people's lives. And through that, it'll make your own life and your own experiences so much richer. So whatever you decide to do, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're following your heart and your passions and you just follow, you know, those little nudges that make you go give a friend a hug or text somebody or acknowledge somebody, um, even just a smile. Um, I, I imagine that you probably have a smile that lights up a room. So um, I just want to encourage you to just stay true to that part of you because that's special and that's rare and that's going to make a huge difference in other people's lives. So Aubrey, I've got three last questions for you. Yes. Number one, you are the pinch me moment for so many people in the world. There's so many people out there and myself included. Today is a pinch me moment for me where I've been hearing about you for years. My brother's been telling me about you and he's been telling me uh, the level that you're at and all these things. And it's so refreshing to be able to be around you. And although I'm so impressed by all your accolades and all the things, I am uh, like a million times more impressed with the person that you are. And I want to tell you that from my, from sincerely from my heart. So you, and again, you are a pinch me moment for so many people, not only girls, but you know, but just people, cause you're a, you're an Olympic athlete. Like this is crazy. <laughs> tell us about your pinch me moment. Ooh, gosh. Oh, man. Because you're around people now. Like, you know, when you, if you roll up in a place and you're like, you know, in a, a sports environment where a normal mm -hmm. person would be like, oh, my gosh, that's so-and-so. And they'd be like, oh, hey, it's Aubrey. You know, and you guys hang out. Yeah. Um, uh, what, where's your, mm -hmm. where's your pinch? Where's that pinch me? Where's that holy? Like, I just had one where I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. And I've been an Oilers fan for my whole entire life yeah. since I was six. And I just interviewed the uh, general manager of the Tennessee Titans. And my wife had to hold me in this chair while I was interviewing him. Like, so oh, great. my goodness. And I was just trying to keep it cool, though. I was like, yo, I do this all the time. Mm -hmm. Tell us about a pinch me moment with Aubrey. Okay, so I have one. It's not completely, like, fulfilled yet. It's okay. Because this is, but this is probably the most I've fangirled in my life. Because I don't know. I, I'm not a big it's just not it's weird because I wish I was sometimes um but so David Ross it used to play for the Cubs now he's the GM for the Cubs yes and so I have not met him but he followed me on Twitter and liked my tweets and I was like I screenshotted that he said that it said that he followed me and I was like I sent it to my mom and my sister I'm like it's happening like, oh it is I so because I, so much of his story resonates with me that he like was born basically kind of like a backup catcher for a mm -hmm. really long time and managed to like bring his intangibles, who he was. He was a clubhouse kind of guy, like really put value on those things and make a difference with people and be a good leader to where like now he's, I think it was John Lester's personal catcher. Mm -hmm. And like, so John Lester takes him along this journey to all these world championship things and it's like I'm just I think he's so cool and I read his book and I was like just amazed with his story so he would be probably my pinch me moment because I think he's such a just a real dude and cool and good guy like competitor wants the like wants to be in it but really values the teammate side his book is literally called teammate so <laughs> I I had my mini pinch me moment when I saw that he followed me on Twitter. He probably doesn't even remember, but yes, if I ever got to meet him, I'd be like, I want to be your friend. <laughs> Mr. Ross, I know you're out there. Uh, you need to, you need to holler at your girl because you yeah. guys are right in the, I mean, that's the wheelhouse. It's amazing. Yeah. Me and my brother were watching the, uh, the, the world series. It was the, we opened the salon at the hard rock casino in Las Vegas. And mm. on the day that we opened, that was the day that was game seven. And we have a salon in Chicago too. So I've oh, got, I've got love. My dad's a lifelong Cubs fan. Like I grew up watching the angels oh, yeah. and I watched the Cubs like by default with my dad. And so that whole season of like him, like I have videos of my dad, like a grown man, like dancing in a parking lot, watching the game on his phone and stuff. And then watching that game seven, mm -hmm. I kid you not. Like we, I'm me, I'm on Twitter and I'm following all my friends and like all my friends in the softball community, are, like doing all that. And there was like a pass ball. And that was when David Ross was catching. And then he comes up and hits the home run. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Gets carried off the field. I mean, just magical. 
I love he, it. And he's he's gangster. I love that. You're yeah. going to meet him. You're going to meet him. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work really hard because I, I, I force people to be my friends. So I force, <laughs> I'm going to force you and your husband to be my friend for the rest of Perfect. your life. Um, Perfect. But, Next time um, you're in Florida, come fishing with us. Oh, we will. We, I want to <laughs> go. Um, but I tell you, the, the, the thing is, is what I'm going to do is I'm going to work hard to get him and get him on this show. And then when I get him on this show, then I'm going to have the two of you, the two best yes. catchers in the world world on the same show that would be gangster right i'm game so here goes here goes a little game that we play so i'm going to say one word then you say a word that that comes to you right away okay okay you got it you ready yeah you want me to count it down or are you ready right now i think i'm ready aubrey if you stay ready you ain't got to get ready girl your coach should have told you that all the time (laughs) here here we go all right here we go grit important compete the best Pizza. Delicious. Your husband. Mm, that. Just that. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> Color. Purple. Killer. MJ. Fishing. Fun. Faith. Ooh, it makes me introspective. I just felt like, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like no words came to mind. I was just like, ah. <laughs> okay, cool. Confidence. Hard. Gangster. Funny. Rob Cardenas. The best. <laughs> All right. So trying to get some points. <laughs> at, at 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 you know four years old or five years old when you start off, you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, you have dreams, you have thoughts, you have all this stuff. I talk about it as Star Wars, right? I like mm-hmm. to have a Star Wars mentality. I yeah. told my staff one time, I, I, and I, I freak them out because I talk about Star Wars a lot. And I told them, I said, there is going to be the day where a person just walks into, uh, into our locations. They will not have any money on them. They will sit down. Their body will be scanned. Um, they'll sit down. They'll have their service. Um, you'll recommend product. They'll just pick it off the shelf. Actually, even further than picking it off the shelf, it'll actually be on the way to their house before they leave. They'll walk out without, uh, mm-hmm. without paying. They'll be scanned that, uh, and they'll just leave. Right. And I said, and then I said that there was going to be videos on the, um, on each station where people would be able to tune in to that TV station. This was probably 15 years ago that I said this, mm-hmm. that there was going to be TV stations. And then we were going to sell pay-per-view for you to learn how to do the craft on how to do this. And I was saying that, I mean, I, when I was saying this, a lot of people were like, oh, this is never going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Now we're in a society where this stuff happens and it's already, the technology is already there. Um, so I like to live in Star Wars. I love it, but it pisses people off. And it makes my, ma- my wife mad sometimes because she's like, seriously, let's live today. And I'm like, no, no, I like Star Wars. Four years old, Olympic athlete, Star Wars. Yeah. The tough thing now, Aubrey is you're residing your natural, normal walking every single day of Star Wars. So mm-hmm. what's your Star Wars now? Ooh. You know, when I read that question, I was kind of curious because so much of my life has literally just been like, okay, like last four years, just get to the Olympics, just get there, you know, and opportunities are like, I really do believe like that opportunities that I can't even imagine are going to come from this journey. And so but it's been kind of weird because everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do when you're done playing softball? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I can't play forever. And I, I don't see myself playing like m- much past the Olympics. And so it's been like a, a tough question. But I think, again, kind of what I was talking about with the non-negotiables about instead of tangibles, like X, Y, Z, like college, career, but, you know, like I – because I think there's a lot of opportunities that are going to come that I don't really, I can't picture because while I'm living in my star Wars, I don't really think in star. Wars. Like I don't think in like, I just made up this new, this new thing that can happen, you know, creatively. It's not really my, the way my brain works. But I think when I think about the intangibles of what I want in my star Wars, I really want to have a family. Like I, after growing up with my mom and just like the way, like I, I kind of feel like I was born to be a mom too. So that I'm excited for that chapter whenever that comes. Um, But beyond that, I want to, 
I want to be a resource to young girls, whether that be, I could see a partnership with MLB in their outreach programs. They do a lot of stuff like that. I could totally see myself being a part of that. And just, I feel like my experiences and the way that I share information and what I've been through and my heart for people, I feel like it truly can make a difference. And so for me, it's more that I see that general direction of impact. Um, I'm not a super, like just in general, I'm not really money motivated. I'm very low key. I don't like, I, I'm not really driven by that. I require little <laughs> and so does my husband. So we're like, <laughs> we're kind of chill in that way. So when I think about like what I want my life to be, I want to live a life of impact and I want to live a life um, that people can depend on. So that's my Star Wars kind of, I is more the intangibles of who I want to be. Cause I think I thought like that before in terms of like, when I talk about, I really became who I wanted to become or who I was supposed to become through college. I never really had career aspirations. Again, it was softball. It was like, okay, softball's going to get me to college. I'll figure it out. Like I never really was like, Oh, I want to be a vet or I want to do I just haven't had those passions that were super directed as far as a career. And so, but when I finished college, I was like, you know what? I always wanted to be a leader. I always wanted to be someone of integrity. I wanted to be someone that people could depend on and that people knew saw them. And when I finished college, I was like, I'm that person and I'm proud of that. And so I think, I think about that more for my Star Wars vision of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think, I mean, if you, if you don't mind me speaking a little bit of life uh, to you, I, I really, I really believe and I see and I, the thing right when we started talking about Nike and to be a, a person that is sponsored with Nike, I don't think that Nike is going to be your, um, uh, is going to be your identity. Um, although the platform is going to be tremendous for you. Um, I, mm-hmm. I can see, and I, I saw it and it was flashes. I don't see it all the time. Um, but what I saw was, uh, the, the flashes of, a um, some sort of ambassador, um, that is an ambassador that transcends the sport that, that becomes a lifestyle kind of thing. And when I talk mm-hmm. about it, I mean, I think that probably one of the, the biggest examples of it is, is MJ when we were talking about it and it became you know, he became an ambassador, not for just sport, but he became an ambassador for lifestyle. And I believe that you're going to be that and it's not only going to be with nike but i believe that it's going to be in so many different realms but that's going to be the jump off that and to to think that when i'm saying that nike is going to be a jump off um i think that they're going to they're going to they're going to lock on to you um and that you're going to do that and then i can see you also uh you know I'm, i'm seeing it where uh there's going to be uh the, the commentator aspect, but the commentator mm. aspect is going to be in the, um, in the softball realm first. Um, but it's going to transcend it again. And wow. you know, where it's not just, you're, you're going to, it's almost going to, you're going to need that part of it because you're going to be, you're such an expert in it, but it, but please don't, um, limit yourself in that part of it because the commentation and the personality and everything out, outside of that, I believe that is going to be a, a, on a lot larger scale. So, um, thank you. You have a gift. (laughs) Well, I was given it, so I can't brag about it. Right. Um, (laughs) so I, I think that, um, I, I just, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you. Uh, you know, as we were going through the, the, the reason why I said the one word that I started off when we did the one word, uh, you know, when I said a word and then you went back was grit because, um, this was given to me a while ago. God gave this to me that, uh, that grit was a grandiose vision. Yeah. Mm. Um, so to, to have grit, you first have to have a grandiose vision. Number two, number two, the R is that you have to resolve. You have to resolve. And when I looked up the word resolve, it meant to separate and that you have to be able to separate the world, um, from your, from your heart and from your passion and who you mm. truly, truly, truly are. Yeah. The I was for ingenuity. And when you look at your life, you had to have ingenuity to be able to make it through the places where you went, because there's a lot of people that would have said, Oh, my parents got divorced. Therefore I shouldn't succeed. Oh, I live with my grandfather. Oh, I was, you know, maybe in a, um, you know, a single parent home in Orange Mm -hmm. County, which we didn't even talk about the pressures of that, but I live (laughs) near Orange County and I know the pressures of Orange County. 
So with that grandiose, having a grandiose vision, resolving yourself and, and really separating um, that, that part, and then mm-hmm. uh, the, the ingenuity to be able to make it past. And the last one, which I think that you're the biggest example of, is tenacity. And when I looked mm-hmm. up tenacity, I don't know if you know this, but tenacity is nothing more, nothing more. And this is what you said through your whole interview. Tenacity is nothing more than the ability to hold on. Mm, yeah. And not yeah. let go. And to yeah. be able to see that. And, um, mm-hmm. you are such a phenomenal example of, and I, can I actually share something with you? No, actually, never, you said never, that? never, you never, can't, never. I'm just um, joking. Absolutely. <laughs> so when you said that the definition of tenacity, which I didn't know, actually, um, my grandpa, who you probably know by now was a huge influence in my life and my mom's life. He had this, um, he got this thing. I don't know from where, but have you ever heard of the, like, hold the rope concept? Mm. Okay. So basically imagine yourself on the edge of a cliff and you're holding onto a rope. Who do you want on the other side? Like who is going to not let you fall? And so we kind of like, I've, we had a team that had to hold the rope as a, as a kind of like a mantra, I guess. Um, But I think it says a lot about like one, who do you want on the other side, but also are you the type of person that someone wants on the other side, you know? And so when you think about tenacity and, and all that, just like that, it's just to hold on where it's like, who's going to hold on no matter what. You know, and it's like when you put it in that dramatic of a scene, it really does like so that's another that's something that I've had in my heart for a really I mean, since I was a little kid. So it's um I resonates, I guess. Wow. Well, I tell you, you're such an example of it. That grit. Um and and also too, when I looked up the word grit, it talked about small particles, um, really uh fine or small particles. And the mm-hmm. the the finer the um the particles were um, then the smoother the surface that it encountered became and the, the, the larger the particles. But what I've noticed with you is you may have started with some large particles that mm-hmm. when you came up against something, it could rub it rough. But as you went along, you refined those particles down to, a, mm-hmm. uh, to, to such a fine way that anything that you touch is polished. And I just, I thank cool. you. I thank you, thank you, thank so you cool. for it. You're thank you. This was very fun. I really enjoyed it. You are amazing. So you're off the hot seat. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you, but I will do this, and which I, I do all the time, is um, I want to make sure I want to uh, secure episode number two um, before we end number one. Absolutely. So, but I want to yeah. thank you. I want to thank you, Aubrey. Um, your accomplishments are amazing, but the person you are is, is even better. Um, so, you. uh, you have some uh, final words for these people. Oh, I feel like I've actually said a lot, so I might be okay. I kind of honestly being on here, being able to like talk through some stuff. I feel like I actually found some more clarity myself on like when I think about my five negotiable, non-negotiables and just, I think just people listening, I think you're a testament of someone who found a passion and just like brand with it and built something really cool. And I think like, no matter what your passion is, obviously I'm in the sports world. Um, but my passion isn't just softball. My passion is everything that comes with softball. So I think, um, finding passion and finding something that you enjoy, like you can make, you can make that a career. You can make it, um, something that just fills your cup, uh, whatever that is. But I think finding passion and finding something that drives you is one of the most important things in life. Well, thank you so much. Now, uh, for every one of you out there, subscribe, click the links, do all the stuff that you're supposed to do to help me (laughs) seem a lot cooler. And I want to thank you for listening to the Kelly Cardenas podcast. Uh, Aubrey Monroe Watson, you have been an absolute pleasure. We love you. You are off, off the hot seat.